Welcome to the Mamas to Fit podcast. In this episode, we're chatting with Jill Miller, the founder of Yoga Tune-Up, to chat about how your fascial system can really affect your healing postpartum and how we can integrate that into how we approach our recovery after birth. Welcome to the Mama Safe Fit Podcast. This is Gina, perinatal fitness trainer and birth doula. And this is Roxanne, labor and delivery nurse and student midwife. And this is the Mama Safe Fit Podcast, where we empower you on your prenatal fitness, birth, and postpartum return to fitness journey. Our podcast shares how to move throughout your pregnancy to stay strong and comfortable. Pain is not a requirement of pregnancy. Understand the science of birth and how to approach recovery after birth. We share our personal experiences as mothers navigating the stage of lives, plus our professional expertise as birth workers and fitness professionals. Our goal is to help you feel confident as you navigate the perinatal timeframe for an empowering pregnancy, positive birth, and postpartum journey. We are glad to have you with us on this journey and that you've chosen us to support you. Welcome to the Mama Sifid podcast. In this episode, we're chatting with Jill Miller, who is a fascia expert, has 30 years of corrective movement expertise that forges links between the worlds of yoga, massage, athletics, and pain management. Her signature self-care fitness programs, Yoga Tune-Up, and the role model are found in gyms, yoga studios, hospitals, athletic facilities, and corporations worldwide. The first time that I got introduced to Yoga Tune-Up was actually at yoga teacher training in like 2016 or 15, where I got introduced to the Yoga Tune-Up balls. We have them in the gym. We use all of her products. And it was really cool to be able to have a conversation with her about how we could integrate the fascial system to optimize our recovery after birth. So thank you, Jill, for being here with us on the podcast. I've been following you guys forever. Forever. That's awesome. Can you tell our listeners more about yourself? Yes. Well, my name is Jill Miller, and I'm the co-founder of a company called Tunip Fitness Worldwide. I think most people on Instagram probably know me as this lady who talks a lot about balls, fascia, and breath. I have two different books covering those topics. One is called The Role Model Method, and the other is my new book, Body by Breath. I live in Los Angeles, California. I have two school-age kids. I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, and I work in my company with my husband. We're business partners. I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, in a solar home off the grid, which is usually a a very unusual thing in this day and age. But I grew up in a one of two solar home communities on the entire planet when we moved out there when I was, I think, uh, 11 years old. That's really awesome. I think the, the most I have for off the grid is like camping in a tent. <laughs> well, I can't say that that's my life anymore. I live in Los Angeles in the urban jungle <laughs> and I'm completely, you know, wired and hired and all the things. I like to live a life of luxury yeah. as, I mean, as well. <laughs> solar panels still in in Los Angeles, right? I feel like a lot of people have solar panels still in California. For sure. I do not live a solar lifestyle anymore, but it would be amazing to be able to recreate that. And I, I do kind of pine for it and really think that I had, there were some aspects of my childhood that were really idyllic and other aspects that were totally bananas, as I think most children feel that their their upbringing was completely wrong now that their parents (laughs) (laughs) I like to pull some some good aspects our parents are wonderful and they still provide tons of support for us there's probably some aspects where I'm like "Eh, maybe we won't repeat that (laughs) oh yes yeah I love I do love talking to my fellow parents and I'm like I'm listening to them talk I'm like wow you're really making different choices than your parents did I I, that's really obvious right now (laughs) 
Uh, So your new book, Body by Breath, explores four primary types of resilience building exercises. So we have the breath work, movement, rolling, non-sleep deep breaths to enhance the overall well-being. And so being that we take like 22,000 breaths a day, it makes sense that there would be an intentional focus on our breathing to support our overall health. So can you discuss more on why breathing is such a powerful foundation for supporting our health? Yeah, there, there's so much to talk about there. I wanted to write a book. First of all, I wanted to write this book long before I wrote my first book. So my first book, The Role Model Method, covers my approach to self-myopastral release and um, I think brings a general population into education about, about fascia, connective tissue, where it comes from, why it matters, why it's important to address it and not just think it's a, a gimmick because it's it's been with you since you were 50 cells old and pretty important to integrate as a being the scaffolding that connects all the parts of you together. I have been a, a breather, by the way, since I was born. That's pretty cool. With those 22,000 breaths a day, but I, I came to be deeply interested in breathing really early on in my life. My mother and grandmothers have had um, asthma and emphysema, COPD, we now call it. Um, But I remember my mother being taken away in ambulances when I was with some of my earliest memories. And I learned early, without breath you die, without breathing you die. And as a child, I also was really into singing. And I remember when I was in about sixth grade, when I was living in this solar community, by the way, there was a music teacher in the area and I would take voice lessons with her. And she taught me about the diaphragm. That was pretty revolutionary as a sixth grader to know that I had this diaphragm inside my body that was generating the control of respiration and that in adjusting how I control that, I could also control my state, control my focus, control my posture. So I wanted to bring this book to the public because I think there is a lot of breath work out there in the universe and it's a very nose to lungs type of experience, but breath is really a body-wide experience and for so many reasons, but one of the the big reasons in terms of a, a body experiential thing is the anatomy of the respiratory diaphragm, its novelty as a skeletal muscle and how many things it's connected to and how many functions it serves I know that you all, as Mamas Stay Fit, are, you know, deeply interested in female health, especially reproductive functions. But, you know, the diaphragm is your main push muscle. It's not just the uterus, folks. Your diaphragm, its biggest output is during childbirth. And, you know, people just think, oh, when my diaphragm contracts, I'm getting the hiccups. Or, you know, when my diaphragm involuntarily contracts, I'm either getting the hiccups or I'm breathing. But they're not necessarily realizing that, you know, you're like an elephant diaphragm at that point. You are, are pushing baby out the canal with the strength of that contracting diaphragm. So there's lots of novelty to what the diaphragm can do. But breathing is one of those strange functions that is a thoroughfare between unconscious function and conscious function. And when we take control of our breathing patterns, we can really adjust so many different um, physiological effects throughout our body. And so it's just endlessly fascinating to me. Yeah, usually when we are are teaching folks about pushing, 
we really try to emphasize like the inhale is the start of your push. It's not just the effort, the holding your breath, the exhaling. It's that inhale where we're increasing that pressure. And so we teach a lot on trying to have more of a neutral spine position when you push because it aligns the diaphragm to just be able to work so much better with pushing. And so it's really interesting to hear that it plays a really, really large role in pushing and it really like resonates with kind of what we're already teaching. And so really glad to speak more with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of feel sorry for male bodies because they never get the supreme contraction of the diaphragm that a birther yeah. encounters. <laughs> so I think that's just so cool. One of the many reasons why we're we're pretty cool. Yeah, I always feel bad for my husband because I don't feel like there's like there's so much online now with like the pelvic health aspect for women specifically or the female body. And I don't think that he gets the same kind of like attention. It's just like lift with your big muscles and do grunts and stuff. And so like he's has all these like lingering issues from his time in the military And once I started kind of forcing him to really think about his breathing and how his pelvic floor is moving with his body and coordinating all that, all of his like kind of aches and pains finally like faded away. And I was like, oh, I wish that you had more resources that were so focused on kind of that rehab pelvic floor diaphragm breathing that like I feel like I have access to as a, as a female, but maybe it's just because of the space that I'm in. I'm just more exposed to. Maybe they exist, and it's just we're not dudes are not in childbearing years. <laughs> well, it definitely exists. I mean, I remember about a decade ago, I was at my friend um, Kelly Starrett's house. So Kelly Starrett, the author of Becoming a Supple Leopard, the founder of the Ready State. He, he wrote the forward to my book and I was up there teaching a course in Northern California and I was staying with him and his wife. I was eight months pregnant. I scheduled the course so that I would leave Northern California on the plane on the very last possible day that I could as a pregnant person get on a flight because, you know, you're not supposed to fly in the ninth month. Yeah, 36 weeks. So I like the course ended on in, like the day before the cutoff of, of flying. Uh, I taught right up to the end. And we did a mobility wad. So at the time he had his company was mobility wad. And I showed him how I did my own pelvic floor release with the yoga tune of therapy balls. Like I just, we we're sitting around the kitchen table. I go, well, let's turn the camera on and let me talk through how I do pelvic floor massage for myself during pregnancy. And so I sat on the yoga tuna ball and I started to talk through breathing patterns and different contractions one could make. And this was like a decade ago. And he was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. This is brilliant. And I mean, I'm happy to say that nothing, that's, there's like, that is, has, has, has now come to pass that I think we're at not a critical mass right now, but there are so many people appreciating that this is an area that can be both treated and self-treated and it can be done in very low cost, easy way to improve respiratory mechanics, improve posture, help with pain and so on. And it doesn't, doesn't have to be the female body or the pregnant female body that's encountering it. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm like dropping all these little topics, but I do want to get back to your first question, which was about the four themes of the book. But you can steer this in any way you want, y'all. Yeah, well, let's go back to it. So let's let's break into those four themes and how important they are to supporting our overall health. Yes. So the book 
covers these four major aspects that are directed towards resilience. So we're talking about breathe, roll, move, and non-sleep deep, deep rest or yoga nidra. And what I really wanted to share in terms of breath being this body-wide thing, breath alone for many people can create a lot of anxiety. The knowledge is out there that one should be doing probably breathing practices or at, at least including breathing as part of your movement rituals or your relaxation rituals. But for many people, when they just start to breathe, when they focus on their breathing, um, the breath becomes extremely self-conscious. They start to feel air hunger or what would be known as um, breathing-induced anxiety, right? So the act of breathing causes this anxiousness. And so for people who have a difficult relationship with harnessing their breath as this amazing panacea and healing thing for all things, like, well, what can they do so that they can kick their breathing into gear so that it is a helpful tool? And so what I've found with um, the populations, many of the populations I work with and have been doing this work for, for decades, is using pressure-based tools, when I have a whole fleet of them, the role model balls, upon the rib cage, upon the core or the back or the neck, strategically in different places, um, can induce pressure that's just distracting enough for the brain. And this is pleasant pressure. This is not like painful, um, annoying self-myofascial release tools that, that hurt one's body, but they're gentle, tender tools that end up really tricking the brain in such a way that you can start to get feedback about your breathing, but you also start to get um, feedback about your body and you can use the tool as a reflection pool to breathe into. One of the tools I'm specifically referring to is the, the gorgeous ball. I think I've seen some of these in in videos of yours. So this is an air... Oh, we are, we are huge fans of the gorgeous ball. I think we own like 14 oh, yeah. ones, <laughs> the two of us. Oh, you, hopefully you put them all together sometimes and just lay on top of all 14. It feels so amazing. It's like a, it's like a 90-handed massage on your body. Oh, I should, we should try that. Oh, it's so good. So these, these tools can help to adjust sympathetic tone, sympathetic tone or runaway stress or the the intensity of an upregulated state. And it can flip the stress switch, what I call in the book, turn on your off switch. It can help turn on your off switch so that you start to build what I call parasympathetic endurance. So most bodies are, I mean, we are sympathetically driven organisms. Like we're really good at going from zero to 60 in a split second, but going from 60 to zero and not crashing is much more difficult for many bodies. And so the tools in the book help you to calibrate and titrate a way to slowly adapt your body to tolerating longer and longer bouts of true physiological relaxation, not just bypassing it and passing out, but being able to sustain attention in these physiologically relaxing states and restilling your well, restilling the resilience of your body on, on that side of the spectrum. Because in my opinion, resilience isn't that you can just get up and go again, get up and go again, go harder, go faster, go harder. In order to do that, you actually have to have fuel in the tank. And the fuel is given by your body being able to truly rest, truly recover. And it's, it's so transformative to have that experience. So the breathing is a big part of that. But the tools as an input um, helps you to become a better breather for your body. And then the tools are doing this whole other thing. They're adjusting tensions in 
local tissues that might, unbeknownst to you, harbor a lot of tension, harbor a lot of restriction. And that restriction can be from overuse, underuse, misuse, abuse, or confuse. Like just your body doesn't even know that it has these tissues there that aren't just like stuck and agglomerated and dysfunctional. Or you might have scar tissue. You might have had a C-section. We're talking to a lot of mama-stay people. Or maybe you've had appendectomy or um, some other intra-abdominal uh, surgeries or intrathoracic surgeries that have impeded the motions of your respiratory muscles. So all of this to say, these tools, these four tools, help to create a, a cocktail, uh, a helpful medicine chest cocktail with no nasty side effects that give you deep, deep relaxation. Yeah, it definitely sounds it's a very like integral system. It's not just inhale, exhale, we're breathing. It's also positioning. How is the rib cage positioned? And do we have the release to be able to move the rib cage into a better position to align with the pelvis to support movement? And then for those of us that are in our pregnancy or in postpartum, we might find ourselves like stuck in specific positions. And so I'm definitely a fan of there's no perfect posture. Like it's all about how well can you move? How well can you change position? Like the best position is the next one you move into, I think is, I might be saying the quote wrong. So how how would you recommend somebody who's like just learning about the importance of breathing and the impact that it can have? How would you like help them start that journey? Like what are some like first breathing exercises that you would recommend for like, let's say the newly postpartum mom or the pre-pregnant mom who's like, I don't know where my pellet floor is anymore. I can't see my toes. <laughs> yes. Well, I have two answers to that question. One just involves awareness and the other involves some knowledge. So the first part of that answer is for anybody that is wanting to investigate breathing as a tool, the first thing is to become aware of your body's proclivity, your, where your body tends to home its breathing, where your breath feels at home in your body. And so that ideally, I like to recommend people do this in a, a reclined position. So they're, they're laying on their back, maybe on their bed, or laying on a yoga mat, wherever it is you practice being, right? you practice being a human, and watch how it is your body chooses to breathe. So this is called witness breath. It's actually the first breath exercise in the entire book. And for many people, this is the hardest thing, is to, to step away from the faculty of breathing and be a specimen and study, study breath in the wild, right? So you are the scientist studying breathing, but you're also the specimen. And you watch how breath enters and exits your body. You watch the, the duration of the breath. You watch the, the largeness or the smallness of it. You watch the, the gap after exhale, before inhale, and just get curious about how breath is behaving. The other thing about this is breath will tend to locate itself in one of three zones. So this is where the knowledge comes in. So you know, the first thing is paying attention. Where, where is breath happening in my body? And how is it happening in my body? And then the knowledge is one of the, the things I break down in the book. There's many things I break down, but I call this the zones of respiration. So breathing tends to, it tends to burrow or hover in three different distinctive zones within our torso. And zone one is primarily below the rib cage. And so your, your diaphragm, which I mentioned earlier, is this misshapen parachute muscle. What's well, not misshapen, it's just 
It's asymmetrical. So it, it lives like a mushroom inside of the lower six ribs. And when you inhale, where inhale, when inhale happens, the diaphragm is contracting. And as it contracts, it descends. And when it descends, your guts distend. There is a circumferential expansion of the, the gut area, the waist, the low back, even the pelvic floor. So anything that's below the diaphragm will be smushed by the pressure of the diaphragm during inhale. And then during exhale, when your body says, I, I got enough oxygen, we're good, uh, the diaphragm will just stop contracting and it'll just fly back up to its rib home. And all the stuff below will no longer be distended. It'll fall back in. It'll just reflexively relax in. And in zone one breathing, if there's a lot of tension in the abdomen, like the transversus abdominis, the obliques, or the low back, the many layers of the low back, which connect into a huge fascial plane called the thoracolumbar aponeurosis, if there's a lot of tension down there, you're not going to get a lot of, of motion in the gut area. And I'll talk about that in a second. But during a normal zone one breath, we're actually in our calmest state. We're in our most relaxed, tranquil state. So I would call that parasympathetic breathing. Now, it's not functional if you're going to be exercising because when we exercise, we actually have to stiffen the gut so that the lumbar spine, the sacrum, the pelvis have some stability. And so we won't be doing zone one breathing, but we'll transfer into a zone two breath. In zone two breathing, we utilize the diaphragm and the intercostal muscles to promote rib movement. And the rib movements, they, they fly open like bony fish gills on inhale, and then they'll close down during exhale. When we're doing zone two breathing, we're more sympathetic, we're more upregulated, we're more peppy, we're more charged at a level of, of just higher intensity, higher heart rate. And so this is a more sympathetic zone. This exclusive zone two breathing is great in terms of athletic output, pushing, pulling, lifting. And again, as I mentioned, we've got to brace our core in order for safety down below, right? So zone two breathing exists mostly in the rib cage. If we rely on ourselves as zone two breathers all day, all night, because we also want to look thin, we're trying to pull our belly in, or maybe we have scar tissue in our abdomen that's actually inhibiting the elasticity of our zone one, and our zone two is like on overload or breathing all the time, we'll often default into yet another zone, which is higher than the zone two. And zone three breathing, I outlined this in the book, the different muscles that are involved are basically everything that controls the uplift of the shoulders, face, jaw, neck, and upper shoulder muscles. And you'll see a zone three breath happen in the case of fright, in the case of shock, or even delight. So a zone three breath happens usually very rapidly through the mouth. The jaw will open up and we'll be using these accessory muscles of respiration to get a really quick draft of air in. Now, if that's our primary way of breathing, by the way, you see this in the asthmatic, right? This is my mother and my grandparents, you know, with the, with the emphysema. They were breathing through their mouth. They're straining to get breath. They're using their neck muscles. It is not a long-term strategy. It will lead to very high stress throughout your body, your nervous system, but also leave these upper head, neck, and shoulder muscles highly tonic. And this can be very problematic for pain, headaches, jaw pain, upper back, neck pain, um, even shoulder, elbow, wrist, carpal tunnel-like symptoms, um, all manner of stuff because the, the muscles that innervate the hands 
they come out of the lateral necks and they're braided into this zone, let's say. So once you're aware of those three zones, then we can reflect back on our witness breath. Then we can see, well, where's the, where's kind of, which zone is my home? Where does my body tend to live with breathing? Now, when I'm checking emails, I'm more of a zone two breather. I'm not doing deep belly breaths when I'm checking, you know, my emails so much, right? So ideally, we're able to have a good blended zone one, zone two throughout the day. Zone three, in case of emergency. And so in the course of the Body by Breath book, I provide rollouts that address each of these zones and especially help to detensify over exuberant zone three muscles. Um, but you can see if these zone three muscles are supertonic, you're really not going to get down below. They're like acting like leaves in the gutter and the, the, the water can drain down and get onto the pavement and go away. So we, we want to be able to have facility of dynamic movement in all three of these zones for their utility, but, but never overly on only one zone for all day, all night. Let's take a break from this week's episode and talk about how I'm optimizing my postpartum recovery using Needed supplements. So Needed is a nutrition company that focuses on the perinatal time period, and this includes both pregnancy and postpartum. So in my postpartum, I'm loving taking their collagen in the morning. I add it into my coffee in the morning or even add it into orange juice, which makes it like just a little bit creamy, which I love. And this is helping my recovery because collagen is a protein. We have higher protein needs in pregnancy and postpartum and it can optimize healing. I'm continuing to take their prenatals and all of the prenatals that I took during my pregnancy because they are very intentional with all of the dosage that they're putting into their prenatal vitamins that they're still optimal levels that I can utilize during postpartum as well. You don't need to go and buy a different postpartum vitamin. You can continue taking the prenatal as long as it has all of those optimal dosages, which I know needed has. At Delivery, I had a higher level of blood loss, so I lost over a liter of blood, and I need to replenish that iron that I lost during that blood loss. So I'm doing that by one, eating nutrient high iron rich foods, but also by taking a supplement of iron and need its iron supplement I know is in an optimal form that my body is going to easily absorb more optimally compared to other irons. It also doesn't have the similar side effects that other irons I have found have with constipation or upsetting your stomach, especially if you don't take it when you eat it with certain foods. So this need its iron supplement does not give me the same side effects. I don't have the constipation and I don't have the upset stomach after I take their iron and I know my body is well absorbing it. So if you want to check out Needed, head to thisisneeded.com and use code MAMASTAYPOD to get 20% off your first Needed order or first three months of subscription. Another tool that you can utilize during your pregnancy and to optimize your recovery postpartum is going to be the crossover symmetry system. They have a shoulder band system that you can attach to your door frame, to your squat rack, to your power rack, and they also have a hip and core band that you can put it on your legs to help strengthen your glutes. It's a system that we have on every squat rack here in the gym. We utilize it as a part of our upper body warmups, and we utilize it heavily throughout our prenatal and postpartum fitness programs because of how versatile they are into helping to increase your strength in a way that is optimal for that time frame of your life. So if you're interested in a crossover symmetry system, head to their website and use code MAMASTAYFIT to get 20% off your system. So another really interesting aspect of your body work is the fascial connection of the entire body. And so like you were saying, like movement or restriction 
in whatever area of our body can affect another portion. And so that's like a big component of our prenatal and our pelvic stability focus program is integrating the myofascial slings to aid in pelvic stability of the pelvic joints, to aid in recovery, especially after like a C-section, for example. So can you share more on the importance of the fascial lines and slings and supporting our stabilization? Oh, absolutely. I love this topic. I myself never had a C-section, but I've worked with an endless number of people who've had intra-abdominal surgery and specifically C-section. So I actually made a post. I think it is the most viral post I've ever made. And it was specifically about the relationship of low back pain to C-section, why that is. So we can share that probably. I think you guys probably shared it. Most likely. I share a lot of your stuff. It's, it's all great. <laughs> Well, it, you know, I made it, I actually, I made it for two of my friends who had just had C-section and were complaining about pain in their low back. And I didn't, I didn't tag them because I didn't want to be like, here, I need this for you. Um, but I was hoping it would come across their feeds. And I'm sure it did at that point. So the, the C-section is fantastic surgery, but it does leave a legacy of scarring and the scar is never just local to that nice little line that you see. Because what we're also seeing is threads being pulled in to that scar. And the, the threads are the fabric of every layer of musculature that had to be breached in order for the baby to come out. And so even though this, this great little incision right above the, the pubic symphysis and it's like, oh, or, you know, it's just like just a little bit of the rectus and the, the rectus sheath. But we've got fascial inclusion there of the transversus abdominis, internal oblique, and rectus sheath. Now, if you trace the transversus abdominis, the internal oblique, and the external oblique from front to back, those muscles, the muscle layer, which is encased in the fascia. So the fascia is not just irrespective of the muscle. The fascia is enveloping and enveloping all of the cells that make, that comprise a muscle, they're wrapping all the way around to the, the low back and they're inserting at different layers. And I outlined this in Body by Breath, by the way, I've got uh, the thoracolumbar aponeurosis outlined in its layers so that you can see these different layers. And so with that sever and then the restitching, there may be inordinate pull, not overstitching, but just the way things have healed there may be more tension being pulled on one side of the external oblique on this side, more tension on one side of the internal oblique on this side. And then there may be just a, a belt line of the transversus that has like an extra agglomerated feel. And so we can start to have shifts at the sacrum, fifth lumbar, fourth lumbar, just from that rebelting of the, the fascial tissues that are surrounding the musculature. And so it's really important, one of the things I encourage people to do is to, to fluff the lumbar spine by creating shear. So think of your, so we've got this scar in the low abdomen and it's pulling these different layers forward. So it's like uh, somebody threw a, an old fashioned cane around you. Oh gosh, this is like back in the, let me see if I can use a better analogy. I was gonna use a, a Borscht Belt comedy analogy. You know where like you told bad jokes and then they 
they throw that big cane and they pull you off the stage. Yeah, I'm I'm tracking. <laughs> yeah, you're tracking. Okay, I'm like I'm. I think I'm much older than you two. We definitely we've definitely seen it on cartoons. Okay, now our listeners, I don't know how old they are, so they may or may not know the reference. But we'll 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 put it in our show notes. <laughs> put it in the show notes. I I don't know they'll find that on on YouTube anywhere. But so we have this loop that's being yoked into the lower back and it's it's pulling the bones anteriorly because of the way the thoracolumbar fascia is organized and attaching into these different layers in your low back. So what's important is seeing if you can decompress those layers so that those layers are not so over-tautened and that we reestablish correct tone in each of the layers by doing correct muscle activations of those layers. And that's going to happen by doing you know, specific types of side planks, breathing in certain ways, um, different rotation positions, lots of stuff that you'll find in uh, the DNS literature. I'm sure you guys are familiar with. Yeah, so there's lots of different ways that one can do corrective exercise, but the fluffing happens by using a shear implement, by the massage implement, and that's like the gorgeous ball. So said simply, what can you do? Well, you can lay on your lower back, stick the gorgeous ball underneath your lower back, activate or reposition the pelvis so that the lower back doesn't feel pained, like it doesn't feel overextended. So in other words, tuck your tailbone, right? That might be something. And that'll stretch the thoracolumbar fascia just to the degree that you don't feel back pain. And then you're going to kind of do a breakdancing move. You're going to twist around yourself while the ball latches into the low back. And you're going to be bare skin here, like Velcro, and create twisting and wringing actions and that twisting and wringing action is the effect of flussing a feather pillow. But this is fluffing your fascia. You do this very, very slowly. You do this with lots and lots and lots of breaths. And then you can you see Roxanne's eyebrows are like all the way up into her hairline right now. Um, it's so simple. I wish we were I'm trying to describe this on audio, but um, it's on the video on Instagram. So that's one thing. The other thing that you can do is my absolute favorite decompression exercise that one's very simple. That's a one ball move where you're creating that ringing effect. The other thing that I figured out during the pandemic, and for me, it was a stress reliever. Uh, I didn't really appreciate how many applications it had until I started sharing it with all of the, you know, the people in my, in my following and started realizing how many applications there were is something called a lateral raft release. It's in the book. It's like the longest title of any exercise, but it's, I think, lumbar decompression via the lateral wrath. It's like a horrible title, but we could also rename it the lumbar hammock. And in this case, you use two of the gorgeous balls and you place them on either side of your, your low back's waist. And so that is between the ribs and the pelvic bone. And when you lay on the ground, your low back will be suspended, but your sacrum is on the ground, your rib cage is on the ground. And it feels like you have two hands pulling the thoracolumbar fascia horizontally, stretching it width-wise. But because the balls are so rubbery and tacky, um, what it's doing is it's fractioning the soft tissue away from the spine, not into the spine. So we're not trying to roll stuff into the spine and move the bones forward. We're actually trying to decompress the stuff that's all stuck and glued together because of the long-term tensioning that's happening via the scar. Does this make sense? Oh, I'm going to do all of this as soon yeah. as we get off this. Literally, <laughs> okay. my, my mind is like, I need this now. <laughs> yeah. 
It was so good during pregnancy, too, because yeah. it decompresses It decompresses the bones, it decompresses the fascia. Yeah. And then you're doing this with breathing. So you're laying on your back, you've got this lumbar hammock, and by the way, it's also in the, the book as a rib hammock. That's the other one I love to do. And you're breathing into the two cordless balls. Now, where the cordless balls are, they're, they're not as up against ribs 12 on each side, ribs 12 and 11. And as you're breathing into the cord- two cordless balls, you actually start to feel your posterior diaphragm smushing its way via ribs 11 and 12. You start to actually feel the right diaphragm and left diaphragm in its unique pressure effect because you can feel the mirror effect smushing into the cordless ball. So you have this incredible tactile experience of your own respiratory diaphragm and its difference from the right to the left. We talk about it being asymmetrical, but we don't always necessarily feel that. But here you literally have an amplifier of feeling the diaphragm right side, diaphragm left side. And then after a number of rounds of that, and that's zone one breathing, by the way, it's like zone one-ish, two-ish. Then what I start to do is I include a very, very small undulation movement. So you just tuck your tush under, so it's posterior tilt, anterior tilt of the pelvis, and then the whole spine ends up getting this undulation. And then you, you can visualize your skeleton is now sliding, but the soft tissues are stuck to the ball and they get even more traction and even more slow motion shear away from that compressed state. For me, I figured it out because I was in, I had hit like a total panic moment. Oh yeah, a sustained panic moment during the pandemic because I think many of us did being locked into the house with my two children on Zoom school and my husband and running a business and, and everything. Of course, I kept studying. Everybody's doing stuff online. And I kept coming across this fascial zipper within the thoracolumbraparosis called the lateral raft, where all of the core layers basically insert into this fascial zipper. You can see it outlined in the book. And there's also some posts on Instagram that outline this unique um, region of anatomy. And I was just exploring with two balls. I was rolling around on the cordless balls. And I was saying, well, how, how can I just talk to this lateral raft? And I came up with this move and it literally solved all of my problems. And then it solved many more once I started to figure out all the other applications for it. Yeah. So I'm going to, we're, we're done. We're going to go do those now. <laughs> thank, this is, thank, you for, thank you for being here. No, I've seen that on Instagram a ton and I'm like, man, I really need to find my second gorgeous ball because I need to try this because it's not as effective when it's one. I have I have like four downstairs. Oh, so we'll- we're like in renovation. So I was like, <laughs> I need to find my two balls to try this. And I have I have yet I to find you. it. But I got you. And then sometimes like so and make sure that the balls have the equivalent amount of diameter or they have the equivalent amount of air. Because sometimes you have one that's a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Just deflate it so that when you lay on them, you actually feel, okay, they're both delivering the same pressure into me. Yeah. Um, and then what I say to people, because I taught so many people self-myofascial release um, throughout the pandemic that didn't have my tools, rolled up yoga mats or uh, make a really good swap out. Or you can roll up a towel and then two towels because you're doing two things and then kind of maneuver your yoga mat over the two because the grip is really important as well as the pressure. That's the gift of uh, of the raw monoballs is the, the grip and the pressure, the tender pressure, soft pressure that really makes a big difference to your nervous system. This is something I go over in the book as well. So Casey is our physical therapist that teaches our scar mobilization webinar. She's had two C-sections herself 
And she uses the gorgeous ball when she's educating on different techniques that folks can do. And she actually has one where she shows how to put it on the actual scar yeah. as a mobilization technique because it does have that traction to it because the traction is what's really important to that mobilization. And then something else that we like discovered, but I think like other people already kind of figured it out too, was how important the anterior oblique sling was for C-section recovery and kind of that reconnection after birth because that sling is severed during a cesarean birth, which again, can be a really life-saving surgery, totally valid way to give birth, but there is a lot of healing that has to happen to it. And so once we integrated more of that kind of cross-bodied to the front, so like that chest to oblique to opposite adductor, like coming towards midline, for her, it was like a light bulb. And she was like, I feel connected again. And once we integrated that into our postpartum programming specific for C-section, it was a game changer for our cesarean birth clients. And it was like, oh my God, yeah, this makes this anterior oblique sling thing makes so much sense for reconnecting after birth. Yeah. So one thing we haven't talked about was the reason I started getting interested in the self-massage work is I'm, I'm a hypermobile person. And I check all the boxes for hypermobile EDS. Never had an evaluation, but I, I know all the self-diagnosed and very self-diagnosed. I like I'm a shining star of self-diagnosis in terms of check, literally checking every box of um, diagnostic criteria. But for me, the rolling was very helpful and continues to be helpful for enhancing my ability to sense my body. So many people who are hypermobile have very challenged proprioception. Also, very off-kilter interoception. So proprioception is our body's physical sense of our gross parts. It's knowing where your joints are in space without seeing them. It's being able to uh, move in a really coordinated, accurate way. And interoception is physiological listening, being able to sense the movement of fluids in your body, feel the movement of air, heartbeat, perceive urges like uh, sexual urges or even the urge to pee or poo or hunger so they're very interesting. I, I, that's another chapter in the book. There's a chapter called Fascia and Your Sensing Systems, where I chunk down into both of these faculties. But the therapy balls stimulate proprioceptive and interoceptive nerve endings that help you to get a sense of place inside your body. So they really help to anchor you into your interior and be able to own your home instead of being vague like your own body feeling like the strange bag that you're like carrying around. So this is really a, a big gift of the stimulation of the therapy balls um, for people that feel a little out of their body or a little ungrounded or maybe do have lagging proprioception from surgeries, from childbirth, <laughs> from caring for other people and not being able to be in your skin anymore. So I think there's a lot of that anchoring and centering that can happen. And so if we take it back to, I'm blanking on on her name, is it Casey? To Casey's intrigue in this anterior oblique sling, you know, stimulating that sling, mapping it through a little bit of friction, tolerable friction, is a great way to actually set up the sensory motor feedback loop that is going to amplify your ability to sense the area and then to create correct contractions of that area. And there is some really beautiful evidence that, in fact, those neurophysiologists who discovered um, that 
discusses this feedback loop in the Journal of Sports Sciences and European Journal of Sports Sciences, and she did it specifically with my balls. She was just spending the night here last night. She just texted me while we're, while we're here. She's like, wait a minute, do I, ha- do I leave the key? Uh, sorry, because it popped up on the screen while we're talking. But that's very exciting to me that when we roll, our sensory systems are excited, but then it does help with the motor control of those same tissues. There is a, is a wonderful feedback loop that we're engaging in. You need that when you're suffering from lack of sleep or the lack of coordination that comes about within pregnancy. I mean, we can get so off kilter from having our center of gravity shift quite a bit and carrying around this whole other load. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you for a really long time and I've I probably will have to come take one of your professional courses. So do you have any advice for our listeners on how they can continue to support their health and fitness by kind of diving deeper into integrating their breath work with the rolling and mobility work, which I'm sure is you probably have tons of advice. <laughs> I, I, I do have a lot of advice. I mean, the tools are tissue friendly. The tools that, you know, we make at Tune Up Fitness, my company, are, are tissue friendly and they're they're to be used for the body, for listeners that have never done any self-myofascial release work, I really encourage people to get the gorgeous ball and get a pair of yoga tune-up balls. Like that's a great place to start. But in terms of the the breathing stuff, just dinking around by getting on a gorgeous ball on your rib cage. If you're nursing, you may not want to roll directly on your breasts because it will actually enhance milk production. Might be a bonus for some of you. For others, I've seen shirts destroyed in my classroom but um, the lateral rib cage and the posterior rib cage are a great place for our uh, nursing friends to start um, t- to tap in those pressures on the ribs. Plus, you're carrying your baby all the time. It's going to be so relaxing on your spine and your back um, to give you some of that stress relief. And then you can you can train your breath within positions. I find that's a really great way to use a word from my friend Katie Bowman to kind of stack stuff together at the same time. And there's lots of places to encounter my work. Obviously, there's tons of free stuff on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, my company, uh, I have a number of different trainings that are online. I even have a pregnancy one called Bowl Model Mama that I made when I was eight months pregnant. And in fact, my water started <laughs> leaking during, um, during the ADR. So ADR, if you're not familiar with Hollywood terms, is when you just, you're doing some additional dialogue recording. You're, it's not filmed anymore. You've just got the microphone set up and you're starting to, you know, oh, in, in this exercise, lay down on your side. And then all of a sudden I felt a trickle go down my leg. And I said, hey, guys, my water just broke. Let's finish this take. And then I'm off to the hospital. So it's it's like it's like real and totally, again, working right up to the end. But in Role Model Mama, you'll get to see Asher totally dancing around in my belly because I was so relaxed. As you know, the baby only moves when your body's quiet. Mm-hmm. And then when you're moving, they're lulled to sleep. And so you can see Asher moving around in my belly when I'm doing deep down regulation practices. So anyway, there's role model mama, I think very applicable for your for your listeners. And then I teach in-person events. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about that right now. Is that what you want to talk about? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I have an online online classroom called Move, Breathe, Roll, where I release classes every week and we get together in, in a mentor group. And then the trainings that would probably be interesting to your listeners are the role model training, which is open to all level of practitioner or clinician. And that's a two-day self-myofascial release course based on the role model. And then there's a three-day body by breath immersion. We do an online version and we do 
live version. I have a live one coming up in August in Canada at a retreat center, uh, August 16th through 19th. And then the role model is September 23rd and 24th in Salt Lake City. Both of those courses are almost sold out. I don't know when this is coming up. And then in November, I'll be teaching my seven-day yoga tune-up teacher training in Los Angeles. And I'll be in Chicago in October, October 7th to do a masterclass for Body by Breath. So there's events that cover all of my work um, in the next few months, both live and then there's online versions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. We'll definitely include all of your links and courses in our show notes. For those that are listening, you'll be able to grab them there. We really enjoyed this conversation. And I know I've learned a ton. I know our listeners have learned a ton. Besides like do lots of squats and make your big muscles bigger, like really diving into breath work, like the rolling, the traction stuff can really support the perinatal fitness journey and just overall well-being. So thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for doing the work y'all do. <laughs> and we will go try those rolling methods now. <laughs> like for my immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to I can't wait to hear how fast Roxanne passes out. It's very relaxing. I know. It'll be our next Instagram reel. <laughs> Roxanne goes to sleep. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for joining us today and listening to this episode. If you want more support throughout your pregnancy, join our prenatal fitness programs and childbirth education course. If you need more support after birth, join our postpartum fitness programs and education courses. If you're a professional, we offer birth worker and fitness trainer courses so you can learn from us and earn CEUs. Explore all of our courses on our website at mamasafefit.com and use code STORY10 to save 10% off all of our programs. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow our podcast to be notified when we release new episodes, leave a review, and share with your friends. We release new episodes every Wednesday and new birth stories every Friday. This podcast is sponsored by Needed, a nutrition company focused on optimal nourishment for your perinatal journey and crossover symmetry, world-class training and equipment for pain, fitness, and performance. Use code MAMASTAYPOD for 20% off your first needed order and code MAMASTAYFIT for 20% off your own crossover symmetry shoulder system. 